Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson, and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of my own. Mimi, update. So, another week in the books, y'all. And this week, oh, we did do some fun things this week. So, Um, My daughter and I have decided to take up roller skating. (laughs) Now, I learned to roller skate when I lived in the Bronx. I was a little girl. I used to do it with Girl Scouts. Like, that was like our regular weekend activity. But my daughter has only been a handful of times. And so she's not really good at it. So every time we would go, because it's so infrequent, it was like starting all over again, right? Now, granted, she's only nine. So... She tried inline skating, which she liked, but she still wanted to try roller skating. So at like 1.30 in the morning, I was on Amazon browsing and I ordered her a pair of skates, me a pair of skates. And then the universe blessed us with a really nice day um, this week and we went outside. We roller skate at the tennis court. Um, my bestie T laughs because we do everything at the tennis court, but actually play tennis. (laughs) But the reason we do it is because it's so smooth. Like it's better than trying to teach her to roller skate in the street. We ain't there yet. And honestly, I'm not there yet. Um, street skating is very different than roller rink skating, right? So the roller rink floor is always clean and stuff like that. Um, it's debris and shit in the street and I'm not trying to scuff up these knees. Also 41, like shit don't bounce back. If she fall at nine, she good. If I fall at 41 on the cusp of 42, shit could get real tricky. So anyway, uh, we had a good time y'all. So I uh, posted a reel on uh, Mimi Cute Lips Instagram of us getting our roll bounce on. So next week we're supposed to have like four days in the high 60s 70s and sis and I going back out we are going back out for more fun oh rabbit hole so I bought the skates right my skates were $60 hers were 55 they look identical like the company had like down to a size two in women or some shit like that right so I ordered us colored laces I discovered that lace patches are a thing for roller skates what Oh, I'm pimping the shit out of our roller skates. So more to come on our final uh, designs, but the shit is in the mail and I'm excited. Now, outside of that, a bitch went and got an eye exam. Now, I have been needing an eye exam for a long time. Probably have been talking about getting an eye exam for even longer. Did it. I can check that off the list. So (laughs) according to my bestie T, I have reached the upper echelon of bougie because I went and got my eye exam at Warby Parker. And (laughs) it wasn't as bad. Like, I'm definitely struggling at night. I've talked to y'all before how all the lights, they just look like the bokeh filter for photography and all the shit is just blended together. And how I would break in advance because my depth perception was off. I could not tell how close I was to said vehicle, although I could see them because of their lights. Real strange, but whatever. So I got me an eye exam and... I think initially before I went, I had a quarter correction in one eye, which is just 0.25 minus 0.25. And then I had a half a correction in the other, which is just minus 0.50. Now, um, 
I rendezvoused in my early 20s as a, um, a receptionist, front desk person at an optometrist. So I'm not well versed, but I know some shit. So this time I'm only a half correction in both eyes. So one eye got worse, but not drastic, which means she holds it on at 41. Don't come for me. Um, but the glasses will help. So I did order some glasses. I had a really, really dope experience with them. Ooh, they gave me life in there. And at one point, they even all stepped back so I could pull my mask down, right? Because I'm buying glasses and I need to make sure these shits look cute on my whole face, not just my eyes because I got my double mask on. So I ordered them. They are on the way and they arrive next week. So I will officially post them to the gram because <laughs> auntie vibes, why not? Um, but I'm excited about it. I'm more excited to go out for a drive at night. Y'all know, babe, and I like to rendezvous at the Ikea. So we're going to have to take a special Ikea trip in the darkness so I can see. Um, anyway, moving on. All right. So I'm a sneakerhead. I already told y'all about this. So last week, my Air Jordan 1 Retro Highs OGs arrived. Silver toe. Ooh, they so sexy. I did a reel about those as well. Let me tell you, the silver on these shoes are everything. And they came with black laces and silver laces. I opted for silver. Uh... When I did the unboxing, I did one of each, just so you know, you can kind of get the vibe. But styling, oh no, it's just all silver everything. So cute. I already had this really dope pleated metallic skirt. I think that was like an old Black Friday um, purchase from years ago from The Gap. Perfect. Love, love, love them. Um, What else? Ooh, I bought a $100 robe, y'all. Oh, serving bougie auntie vibes. So it's a duster by description. It's so fucking pretty. It's tropical and everything. It's on the way as well. Matter of fact, okay, so I am committing this month, the month of March, to recording my podcast live. Like I want y'all to see my setup. I want you to catch my vibes. So you can always listen the same way you always listen, but you will also have an option to watch kind of like if you've ever watched like the breakfast club on YouTube, like that's, that's what I'm giving. Okay. I promise it's going to give what it's supposed to have gave and it'll be a good time, but I'm gonna wear my duster. That's going to be my look. Oh, I'm way too excited about that. Okay. Um, speaking of addictions. So Levi and Target came out with a collab and I didn't know about it in advance but when I saw it I was fucking thrilled because Levi classic denim love let me tell you about my fucking disappointment okay so I browsed the collection now they have clothes they have household stuff and decor and I was looking for two things no I was looking for one thing. I fell in love with two things. That's more accurate for me. So I was looking for a denim jacket. I am a sucker for a classic denim jacket. And as of late, I feel like the denim jackets that I see in the stores and stuff aren't as heavy in weight. So I was super excited about Levi because they should be solid, right? Okay, so I ordered a medium because I want to be able to put my hoodies under my denim jacket and all of that. Get the medium site to store pickup yeah not a medium in fact now I got long ass monkey arms I'm skinny so typically I would have gotten a small dare I say maybe even extra small but I was like oh let me get a medium so my hoodies could be comfortable no that wasn't it so I order a large have it shipped to the house thinking okay this is gonna be it y'all 
that wasn't it either. I was so disappointed. First of all, these jackets are $80 a piece. And it left me feeling disappointed. So I did not get a Levi jacket. But what I did get, I am a lover of robes. Not just moo-moos, like all kind. <laughs> My husband just rolls his eyes. But the Levi robe that they have, which is like fuzzy on the inside, ooh, it's a keeper y'all we got us a winner um so the other stuff I wasn't checking for I don't want denim home decor doesn't you know jive with any of the decor we have in the house um but they did have some cute stuff if it would jive with your decor so that's it that's all for your Mimi update I'll have much more to report on next week okay so let's get into a little taste of pop culture Shit is pop to pop to pop off. All right. So let's start with, I guess, the former Prince Harry and former Meghan Markle, Duchess of Sussex. So tomorrow is the big day. They are finally going to sit down with Mother Oprah and speak their peace. So um, they're finally breaking their silence. Um, you know, they quit the royals and moved to America. <laughs> they came to America. Um, and now they're finally, I guess, in a position where they feel comfortable with sharing their story. What better person than Oprah? Also, um, it has been storied by storied. I mean, shared in various stories that Oprah, um, helped them out. Like when they came here, as far as finding somewhere to live, I think at some point they may have been staying in one of her properties or something like that until they found their own. So, uh, they are neighbors, or neighbor-ish, I think, you know, and where they took up their permanent residence. So um, they recently announced that they were expecting their second child, which is really sweet because Megan was very open about uh, having a miscarriage. So this is a rainbow baby for them. Um, and y'all, the royals are big mad. Like the British tabloids have always been biased against Megan um, versus Kate, Catherine, um her sister-in-law whatever that child's name is I can't think of it but um so there have been side-by-side headlines like they were like oh Megan's so obnoxious she keeps holding her belly like when she was pregnant the first time and then they'd show her sister-in-law holding her baby all the time but the heads headlines would be like oh my god she's so cute she's always touching her belly so <laughs> um you know Megan is part black and that's still upsetting to people. Y'all already know this shit. So this week they have really been putting out all these like nasty things out about Megan, which seems like it's an attempt to get ahead of this interview. But how does one feel attacked about an interview that hasn't even come out yet? Like your guilt is falling out. Like get yourself together. So some of the articles were saying how she mistreated people and blah, 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 blah. And the royals like to put on an image in a front. I don't know if y'all watch The Crown, but it's a whole lot of shit with them. And The Crown e isn't even up to the Harry and Meghan and all of that generation. They're not even there. But they are a shit mess. So... They like to, you know, kind of keep things under wraps and with them speaking out without their control, they don't know what's going to come out. So apparently they're scurrying about in the UK trying to get their shit together. Um, but Oprah said there are no topics off limits and that they're going to talk about um, 
like life as a royal, their marriage, motherhood, um, their philanthropic work, um, how they're handling or maybe specifically Megan's handling life under like this intense public pressure. Um, obviously leaving the royal family and, you know, just being a commoner here in America. Um, and what that looked like for them or just life, you know, as a royal and then expanding their family. So I'm sure that there are other topics to cover. I, for one, will tune in. It airs on CBS at like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. or something. So it'll be everywhere. So I will tune in and we will rehash this on next week. Um, also this week, Sister Soldier finally gave us a part two to the coldest winter ever. Oh. The book came out and I got it. So what I did was I used to have the coldest winter ever. And I think I purged and gave away a lot of books when I had my daughter because <laughs> I had a home office that needed to become a nursery. And so I ordered another copy of the coldest winter ever so I can read that again because I want that story to be fresh in my head as I go straight into this life after death book. Um, I need to know what the Santiago's have been up to. I'm sure it's foolishness and fuckery nevertheless, but I am tuned in and excited about it um the book came out I was like in my early 20s like it's been a minute a long minute but um I enjoyed it so we'll rehash um I'm probably gonna give myself about two weeks or so maybe even longer I'll decide but um I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna give you time to read it so we can talk about it all right so I saw this article that pissed me the fuck off now, there are a lot of things that annoy me, but very few that like enrage me. And this shit, y'all, enrage the fuck out of me. So there is this talk, allegedly, about changing, uh, or no, excuse me, about no longer referring to breast milk as breast milk. You know, the milk that actually comes for you, from your breast. Now they want to call it chest milk. They want to call it chest milk to make it more gender inclusive. I am all for gender equality, but this is fucking bullshit. Bullshit. If men had titties, that's their own fault. They fat. And so that's how they got them, right? But I don't care how fat or fit they are. I don't care what gender, gender they identify as. They're never going to fucking get milk in those breasts. So why the fuck are we trying to make this inclusive? It's not an inclusive process. Everything isn't for everyone. And that is okay. Bitch, you don't have breasts. So why the fuck are we creating this name for some shit you can't do? What's going to happen by calling it chest milk? You still can't fucking do it. So why don't we leave it as breast milk? Ooh. These sensitive motherfuckers roaming the earth here in 2021 are a piece of fucking work. That shit enraged me. Not just because I breastfed my kids, but why do we have to change everything? So my husband and I were having this conversation as I was sharing my rage with him <laughs> yesterday. And I tossed in the fact that always who makes feminine products, um, you know, for your period and menstrual cycle, Felt like they needed to change their logo to be more inclusive. I'm sorry. Are men fucking menstruating? If you want to buy a tampon, men, fucking buy a tampon. Buy the Always brand if you choose. But we don't need to change it up. This is, y'all, I can't. 
I just cannot. I just, if you have a different perspective, feel free to share it with me because I cannot find a perspective that will justify changing breast milk to chest milk. I cannot think of a way in which men can manifest, purchase, or surgically get milk glands in said breast or titties to feed a child. Trust and believe breastfeeding is fucking hard. It's painful as fuck. And if I could have my husband do it, I fucking would have. But that's not a thing. So leave it the fuck alone. All right, moving on. <laughs> I'm going from fussing and cussing about titties and breast milk to Disney. So here we go. Um, Disney has a new movie out called Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, it dropped in theaters. Y'all going to theaters? Ooh, mind your business. Um, and it's on Disney Plus. Now, even if you have a regular Disney Plus membership, that's not going to get you the movie. No. In fact, you need to pay like $30 on top of your regular subscription amount to get said movie. <laughs> Good luck with that, guys. So it dropped yesterday. Um, the previews look exciting. Not enough for me to care. I feel a way about Disney largely because they just don't be rooting for the blacks. And so uh, I'm not a big Disney fan. I'm not a big lover of Disney princess movies and the such. Princess Tiana, Princess and a Frog, absolutely adore. But I have strong feelings. Why? Because you go to the Disney stores and places and they got everything for all the white ass Disney princesses. And you might be lucky to get a rubber stamp with Princess Tiana's black ass face on it. So there's that part. Moving on. So the Golden Globes went down. I did not watch. Did you watch? Normally, I would even tune into the red carpet, but most of them are fucking at home. So I didn't tune in. But I saw some shit. And so let's talk about it. Tiffany Haddish was the star of the fucking night. Somebody gave her the Mimi special. She had a fresh haircut from the barbershop. Probably, I'm sure, just the barber. She colored that shit blonde and it was fucking stunning. It looked so good on her. Now, I don't know if she's going to keep it, but it looked good. So, um, y'all know some time ago, she went ahead and cut all her hair off. She wanted to know what her scalp looked like. And obviously the pandemic, which is still going on, um, was a good time for her to dibble and dabble. And so now she done turned it up a notch. And somebody colored that shit blonde for her. And it looks fucking stunning. Her dress was fly. And she was just serving. And I was here for it. So, welcome to the blonde side, girl. Alright. So, um, y'all know I'm always rooting for everybody black. So, let's get into the black ass winners of the night. Yes. Okay. So, um, John Patit Batiste one for best original score, motion picture for Soul, which was, you know, the, the animated movie. Um, Daniel Kaluuya won best supporting role in any motion picture for Judas and a Black Messiah, which was hella dope. He earned that shit. Andrew Day, who we're going to talk about a little more later, but Andrew Day won for best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama for the United States versus uh Billie Holiday and she fucking earned that so I think the last black woman to win was 35 years ago and it was Whoopi Goldberg this is her fucking acting debut and she hit it out of the park um also Chadwick Boseman uh won best actor in a movie drama for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom 
Obviously, he is deceased, and so his wife accepted on his behalf. Uh, John Boyega won for Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in a Series, Limited Series, or Motion Picture. These titles exhaust me. Or Motion Picture Made for Television. In Small Axes, Red, White, and Blue. I have no idea what that is. And then Camp Powers won for Best Motion Picture Animated for Soul. So, those were your winners. Um, There was a lot of talk about Regina King's dog as... He proudly had his moments while she was live and taking a picture and doing an interview, which was really cute and funny. So that's it for our pop culture. All right, so let's get into what Mimi is watching. I was watching the things, y'all. Quite a a bit of things. The first thing. So we had a family movie night last week and we watched Tom and Jerry the movie, which was really, really good. If you have not watched it, put it on your must watch list. It was funny. It was a cute storyline. It was amazing. The soundtrack is bomb. Okay, wait, hold please. All right, so the movie came out last week. It came out on HBO Max. And I don't know if it's in theaters or not. It might be, but you can if you want to because that's your business. Um, It was good and it was hilarious. The soundtrack was done by Christopher Leonard's. I don't know who that is. The soundtrack was not at all what I expected, but the movie fucking opens up to hip hop. Okay, I'm going to rattle off some artists that are on this soundtrack. T-Pain, A Tribe Called Quest featuring Buster Rhymes, Eric B and Rakim, Jodeci, Flo Rida, Jagged Edge, and Anderson Park. Is that what you expected for Tom and Jerry the movie? No, no, it's not. It is not. It was so good. I will watch it several times. So the movie itself is a regular movie and only the animals in the movie are animated. The storyline is really cute and really funny. It is an amazing family movie. But get this, sis, if you don't have kids, that's cool too. You will enjoy it. You will rap along to the songs. You will sing along to the songs. You'll bop like... It was just really good and really fun. Everybody in my house liked it. Y'all know I got a 16-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a husband. And we all enjoyed it. So do check that out. I also finally watched 911 Lone Star. My husband has been trying to get me to watch for quite some time. And as he puts it, I never watch anything until someone else tells me to watch. So I had been telling my bestie T. So we all watched the regular 911. And I was telling my bestie T how my husband was like 911 was Lone Star. He felt like it might even be better. So she decided to watch it. So naturally, he is like, well, you didn't decide to watch it until she started watching it. But I told you to watch it a long time ago. So this is me telling y'all that he told me to watch it first. I have watched. So uh, I love the regular 911. It was a quick favorite, like the first episode in. I was hooked. Um, but I did binge. It's so they're in season two of 911 Lone Star, which is takes place in Texas. And the first season, I want to say is only 10 episodes. And then the second season, so far they have seven episodes, I think. Um, so I had reservations because I love an original and sometimes I'm a dickhead about change. And so I was like, oh, Texas, I don't know about that. 
Um, now, I will say, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know if I would say that it's better than the original, but what I will say is the cast for Lone Star is younger. And so that gives you a different energy, different vibes, different scenarios and situations based on their life because of their age. And I think it kind of makes it feel a little more relatable in that kind of way. Um, most of them don't have kids. Most of them aren't even married. The captain, of course, has a son. His son works uh, with him. And then the medic captain is married. She has kids. But they're like kind of like the seniors of the group. Not old, but, you know, just older. And so they are more settled. But everybody else is kind of young and just starting out in their career. So um, the cast is hella diverse, which is nice. There is a transgender gentleman on there. There is a, um, a Middle Eastern Muslim young lady on there. There is a country Texas white boy on there. <laughs> you got a bougie, pretentious white guy on there. Um, and the captain for the medic is a black woman. Um, so it, it is diverse. It's diverse in a variety of ways. Um, but you can definitely enjoy both. You don't feel like you're missing one thing for the other. So um, I'm an official fan. I had watched a crossover episode from the regular 911 to Lone Star before I started watching any of this. Um, but there were things that were happening that I quit couldn't quite put together. It wasn't a lot. It was really just one main thing, but now I understand having watched. So I did that. Um, I watched The Resident this week. It was uneventful, nothing. There was no big energy. I was totally disappointed that Mina and AJ were not giving me the hot and heavy, steamy passion that I so desired. So better luck next week. Um, I didn't talk to y'all about The Real Housewives of Atlanta last week. So the Bachelor Party episode with the strip of Bolo aired two weeks ago now and then last week um the episode two was more like a follow-up like now they're back home from their little bachelorette weekend trip and but they're still talking about the goings-on from the trip the tabloids have been talking about this uh hla hot lesbian action that took place with portia and one of Kenya's friends and all this other stuff. So if you still watch A Real Housewives of Atlanta, then I'm sure you've seen it. Um, Bolo was on an interview somewhere. Oh, he was on Watch What Happens Live. He's actually a decent looking guy. You couldn't really tell that from the episode because he had a mask on. Um, but apparently his penis is like 20 inches. It's something absurd. And that's why they were all losing their minds over it. So um, <laughs> if you so choose to watch the episode, you can go and watch it. You'll be entertained thoroughly. Um, and you don't need any backstory. Uh, what else? We're still watching the Equalizers. Still loving the episodes. This past episode was actually uh, a really, really good one. So Queen Latifah is still ruling the screen. And then Snowfall return. <laughs> the Booger Sugar is back on the Tizoob. So the season returned. We missed it. And they came back full throttle. They turned it all the way up. It was a two-episode return. And it was a shoot 'em up, bang, bang kind of thing. <laughs> Much like the drug game. There's like a drug war going on and all this other stuff. Um, this was a show that John Singleton did and obviously he died. And so um, it's nice to see the show carry on and that 
the quality of the programming has not changed. So um, we here to see what's what's going to happen with Franklin and his homeboys and uh, or not homeboys <laughs> and his family and all that other stuff. Um, also, this is us. That was a good one. So Kevin officially had his twins and he is now figuring out this family life. Kate had her adopted, well, her adopted daughter was born and now they're figuring out some things. So it's very heavy and mushy and all in the emotional feels on This Is Us, which is kind of par for the course for them. Um, I also watched a new show called Assembly Required. I saw something about it and I was like, oh, I think this is our kind of show. And it is. So it's much like a reality show. So it's like a home improvement reunion. So Tim Allen and Richard Karn, who were the two guys from the show Home Improvement. um, And now they're having this competition. It is for the DIY, the handy, dare I say, the engineers. Like it's a fun show. So each show has a challenge and Tim and Richard hand out the challenge and tell these people at home who are virtually doing their things what they need. So let's say they have to make a water gun. So they'll tell them what they need to have, you know, what to help you win, so to speak, and you go and do your thing. It is entertaining. So one of the things they had to make a bicycle with a functioning grill on it. Yes, a grill like hook a sister up with a burger and maybe some steak kind of grill. Uh, they made, I don't know what it's called. I'm going to just tell you, in one episode, somebody caught on fire. And I want to say that shit was funny. <laughs> it's nothing funny about someone catching on fire. Anyway, um, it's exciting. Um, so my husband is an engineer and he loves stuff like that. I love stuff like that. He and I have been watching shows like this together for years. And my teenager is a future mechanical engineer. And so um, Babe and I had watched it, but we saved the episodes for our son to watch because it is cool. They make some really cool things and you get to see them test them out. A bicycle with a grill in it, like that's cool as shit. So that is a new show. It's 10 episodes of this unscripted series and it comes on the History Channel. It is good, clean, family fun. Um, for sure. All right. I think I have a few more things. Oh, okay. So I told you last week that the biggie, I got a story to tell documentary was coming out on Netflix and I watched it. I don't consider, I don't consider myself a biggie fan. I do like some of his music and I can rap along to it, but I don't consider myself a fan. But I really enjoyed this documentary. So it was very well done. His mother had a huge part in it. Obviously, so did Diddy. Um, And it was like the first real behind the scenes look into Biggie's life. Um, From his mom's perspective, his grandmom and his childhood friends, like elementary friends who ended up thugging and bugging with him as they got older. Um, They shared a lot of footage that I had never seen before, footage that's not included in, you know, the other documentaries that have uh, been about him. Um, His death was the last thing they touched on in this like hour and a half, hour and 45 minute documentary. And literally, y'all, it was like the last 15 minutes. So they really focus on everything else. And um, if you are a fan, this one you definitely want to watch for sure. Um, it feels like you actually get to know him as a person and not just an artist in a way that I feel like the other ones kind of focus on artistry and then subsequently his death. 
Um, so his mom, Miss Wallace, shared that she had never listened to his music until he died. She said after he died, she listened to everything one time and one time only. She ain't about the drug life. She did not approve of his drug life, the thugging, the hoeing. Like she just didn't condone that type of lifestyle. And she was okay with not being a part of that. Like even if she had family and friends, you know, who supported his music and were into it, she was fine with that. But she wasn't listening to it. She wanted no parts of it. She didn't even know what he was rapping about. Um, But listening to her talk about him is such a typical black mom. Now she's Jamaican. So that's a little different. It's a little extra little spice on top. Um, But the way she felt at the time was hilarious. So think about someone interviewing your mom about your foolish antics and terrible ass decisions and ideas and plans that you had when you were a kid, um, becoming a young adult, and then a rapper. It was a good time. Um, And then um, all these years later... Biggie was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2020, I think it was. And he sold over 30 million albums, which is crazy because he was murdered at only 24 years old. Like there was so much life that could have been ahead of him. Um, But he clearly he left his mark. So um, I also watch. Okay, now we just took a turn in Albuquerque, a wrong turn. So I watched the Allen versus Pharaoh. Oh, so this is an HBO docu-series. I think it's it's four parts. And it is about, it documents the accusations of sexual abuse against Woody Allen. Woody Allen is a famous actor and director who dated Mia Farrow, who was also an actress for 12 years. So the first episode I watched, my husband watched. He was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then they roll out an episode once a week. He was like, yeah, I don't need to watch this shit again. <laughs> so I watched the second episode on my own. Um, yeah. The most privileged man in America is a white man. And this is a classic example of that. So the allegations are from his daughter, Dylan, who was seven at the time. She's a grown ass woman now. And um, this is her first time being able to speak up for herself. Um, You know, she was a kid before, so they kind of chalked it up as, oh, her mom's coaching her or, oh, she's a little girl. She doesn't know what she's saying. (laughs) She's a grown ass woman. She knows exactly what the fuck she's saying. And then there is Mia Farrow's daughter, Soon Yi, um, who's an Asian young girl that she adopted and how Woody married her a long time ago. So... Here's some interesting stuff. I did not know a lot. Nope. I didn't know anything other than that they were actors and that he also directed movies. That was all I knew. These are what I call white on white crimes. So Mia was married before and she had seven kids before she met Woody. Now she has biological children and adopted children to make up this seven. So they decided they were going to give this thing a go, whatever this thing is. Now, He had his own place and she had her own place with the kids. They never co-mingled residences. He never moved out of his place. She didn't move out of his place. They didn't have a place together. It was his place and her place and that was it. Um... So although they, although they didn't live together, you know, like he would come over, they do family things, they go on vacations and stuff like that. So it's like having a partner that you never live with. Anyway, 
Um, so when Mia met Woody, he was apparently very clear that he did not want children. And my guess is that's why he ain't want to move in <laughs> to her circus because she had a whole gang of kids. So um, despite these feelings, he was on board with adopting some of the kids. So he really took to Moses. Was Moses Asian? I can't remember if Mo- Moses was Asian or not, but he was an adopted kid. Um, and he and Woody bonded. Their personalities were kind of very nerdy and quirky together. And I think that's why they clicked. And so Woody agreed to adopt him. He, Woody felt like he was the only kid who kind of didn't have a dad. So Mia's biological children with her ex-husband, um, obviously they had a dad. But while she was with her ex-husband, they adopted some of those kids together. So um, he was essentially, you know, he was their father. And then she continued to, she has adopted like 15 kids or she has 15 kids in total. She got a lot of fucking kids. Um, so she continued to adopt kids on her own. Um, black, everything, black, white, Asian, all, all ethnicities. Um, so she let Woody be involved as much as he wanted to be or not. And she was fine with it. He went into changing diapers and no shit like that. And she had no expectation of him. So. She talked about getting pregnant and it didn't work out, but he did help take care of the kids. And, you know, as far as money, like when they went on vacation and stuff like that. So, um, but he just had no obligation to these kids. Right. So she was going to have a kid. She decides that she's going to adopt a kid. And, um, after she couldn't get pregnant. So she adopted Dylan and she picked Dylan because Woody who did not want kids, remember, who was on board with them trying to have a kid, except for, remember, she couldn't get pregnant. So he says, if you are going to have, uh, if you're going to adopt a kid, I would like a blonde baby girl. This is not a canvas patch. You do not get to pick and choose. But he was very particular. So it's a whole lot of shit that unfolds that they get into. There's lots of like, um, so Woody didn't contribute to the documentary, but they use his book his audiobook to kind of fill in his perspective based on the things that they're talking about and Mia and Woody were together for 12 years it's 12 years of this crazy ass fucked up ass relationship and that motherfucker should have been in jail a long fucking time ago um even before he got to adopting nope not adopting before he even got to marrying their adopted daughter very weird very strange very white and privileged all right last thing I watched (laughs) So there is this special, I'm going to call it, on Hulu called OnlyFans, Selling Sexy. Y'all, this is one of the best fucking things on TV. So this is a telling from people who have OnlyFans accounts. Oof. Let me tell you. You know how sometimes you see stuff and you hear stuff and you be like, damn it, I'm doing life wrong. This is one of those moments. So OnlyFans started some years ago now they um they became even more popular thanks to Beyonce singing about our only fans Meg Thee Stallion and somebody else I can't remember who the other person was y'all this girl okay so they talked to there's a white girl there's a white guy and there's a black girl in particular and um 
they're making $10,000 a month. $10,000 a month. Remember that part where I was like, oh, sometimes you feel like you live wrong. This is one of those. Like I make good money from the government. Do not get me wrong. Good money. But it ain't $10,000 a month money. Let's be very, very clear. So the one white girl, she made, she has made over $75,000 so far. She works, she got a job, she works on cars and she wants to use her OnlyFans money to open up her own custom shop and race cars and other stuff. Then there's this black girl. Black girl's name is Winter. She said she posted a video of her butt and made $1,300 in a day. And that was all it took for her to be like, oh, I'm about to make that change. (laughs) So... A lot of her videos are just like twerking her butt and stuff like that. And she makes big money. Here's the interesting thing. So she said her parents are really open and they do share. Her mom is a part of the documentary. And so she had talked to her mom about having a threesome for the first time. And I would never talk about such a thing with my mother, but they have a different kind of relationship. So, okay, so there are levels to this OnlyFans. So the white guy said he does not do full nude. He'll kind of give you like an illusion, maybe a side profile, a silhouette kind of deal, but he don't go full on naked or no shit like that. Well, some of the others do. This one chick was like, she picks a boyfriend of the month or of the week or some shit, and she'll show him like some extra attention. But extra attention might be like, oh, she'll send him a picture, right? And then if he wants anything more, you have to tip her. So everything is very a la carte, which I imagine is how you get to these crazy amounts of money that you are making. But there are crazy amounts of money to be made. Now, it depends on your job if you want to keep that job because there is definitely some controversy. So in the news, there have been this lady, she had OnlyFans and... I want to say maybe the school system was mad that she had her OnlyFans because she was a parent. And I mean, what are you supposed to do? You can't control people's job. But their job is their job. She could be a hooker. She could be a stripper. She could be a porn star. Like her job is her job. You don't get to dictate somebody else's job. She's not a student. She's not a minor. She's a grown ass woman. But there is some controversy that caught comes with it obviously I work for the federal government that's not some shit they're gonna allow us to do but if you are interested in an OnlyFans (laughs) get your money get your money get your money because the shit is fucking up let me tell you um so that was a very interesting uh little docu-series or whatever to watch on Hulu it gave you some really really great insight on how OnlyFans works they also tell you that OnlyFans are like heavily overpopulated right now just because you know when people get a hold of some shit they run it into the ground and that's pretty much what's happening but there is still money to be made if you want to all right so that's it for what Mimi is watching oh wait no Let's do one more thing. Coming to America 2 came out yesterday. So we'll get into that one next week. So if you have not watched it, because it's literally only been out for a day, even though social media is probably going to ruin it for you, I will not. So we'll get into that on next week. Um, Babe and I started watching late last night and we fell asleep. Um, What I will say is, uh, one, I need to finish it. But so far, I really enjoyed it. So more on that next week. 
All right, so let's get into United States versus versus Billie Holiday. That was the other thing that I watched. I watched it the day it dropped and it was good. Now, full disclosure, I don't really know shit about Billie Holiday. At least I didn't prior to watching the movie. I knew she was a singer and I knew about her music. And that was about the extent of what I knew about Billie Holiday. Now, if you know a little more than I do going in, then good for you. However, there was a lot to unpack in that fucking movie. So, Andrew Day already mentioned she has already won a Golden Globe for her role in this movie playing Billie. Um, This was her first time acting. She had turned down the role several times And she just was not sure um, if she wanted to go through with it. So, um, Miss Lawrence is also in it. So, you would know Miss Lawrence from Real Housewives of Atlanta. He was a stylist on the show. Y'all, I really loved his character. He was funny as hell. Miss Lawrence was also in something else. I want to say he was in... It was Star. I think that was the show. It was Lee Daniels' show. I think it was Star. Um, Leslie Jordan in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Little gay white man always saying, how y'all doing? And well, shit. He is also currently in Call Me Cat, I think is the show he's in. Um, his hair in this movie defies all odds. <laughs> um, Tyler James Williams is also in it. So um, Tyler was Chris and everybody hates Chris. And then um, Natasha, what's her last name? Lion, I think is her name. I might be fucking up her last name. I can't really remember. She was in Orange is the New Black as Nikki. So she was the white girl who kind of befriended Red like a mother figure. And then um, Divine Joy Randolph. She was um, in Dolomite is My Name. She was the big girl in it. She was his counterpart. I fucking loved her in that movie. And she was good in this one too. So, um... Then there's also Travante Rhodes, who I didn't know anything about him, but apparently he was in Moonlight. So, um, I watched the movie and then, which came on Hulu. And then there was a, um, a cast interview with Lee Daniels, the cast, um, done by Oprah. So I watched that after I watched the movie. So, um, I... I didn't really have this on my radar at first, but after watching Andra on Wendy Williams and just talking about the lengths that she went to to get this right, really piqued my interest. So hanging out with, okay, so Billy was on heroin. Bad. She shot, it's like she could not function unless she was shooting up, which just blows my whole entire mind. So Andra hung out with real addicts and everything she said there was an addict who taught her how to tie off so she could be accurate in doing so you know in her portrayal in the movie um I think I told y'all before she lost a bunch of weight so she could look kind of like a crackhead would look um she starved herself a little bit like she went all out and it paid off let me tell you it paid off so Let's start with Billy. Billy was a troubled woman. She was troubled from her youth. And, uh, you know, hurt people hurt people. Like, that shit is for true. <laughs> like, 
her mom had her living in a brothel where her she wasn't exactly motherly and so she was raped at the age of 10 she's about 10 or 11 and they sent her to reform school because of the rape not because she was a victim they felt like that was the answer but prior to that she worked in a brothel with her mother well she lived in a brothel her mom was working she won't work um so what I did not know is so the reason it's United States versus Billy is so the government was coming for her and any way that they could they were looking to set her up at all costs because of her song Strange Fruit it was a song um that mirrored their wrongdoing it was a song about the lynching that they were doing to black people so uh it very graphically described lynching so the strange fruit is black people hanging from a tree that should be bearing regular fruit um so sis had a rough life oh my god she had a rough life it was it was almost like she just couldn't win even though she had some wins first of all when the government is constantly after you that makes shit hard anyway. I told you about being, she was raped at a young age. I told you she was a heroin addict. Like they were so many layers in this movie. Um, Lee Daniels did a great job with this movie. Um, he made sure it was good. It was right. And I don't know how Billie Holiday's family feels about it, but that shit was convincing. Like when you see her like in the throes of her addiction, like you feel that shit, like that shit is for real. Um, like she sells you on it in such a way you don't even believe that this is a woman portraying somebody else because she act like this shit is her. Um, she also gets full on bucket naked frequently in the movie. <laughs> Billy is a free spirit. Let me tell you, she moves to the beat of her own drum and that's it. That's all. Um, so the crazy thing is that the government was after her, but she wasn't the only person to sing um, Strange Fruit. Other artists did so as well, but she wouldn't stop. So the government wanted her to stop singing this song. So they were okay with her as an artist. They were okay with all of her other songs, but they were not okay with her continuing to sing this song so I don't know if the other people that they asked to quit singing a song actually just quit and that was it and that was all um so they didn't feel the need to come for them but um yeah Billy was like nah <laughs> and they did all kind of torturous shit to her um to try and convince her otherwise so um it's not a sweet song, as she said. It's not a loving song. It's a song of pain. The lyrics are incredibly disheartening and that you are not supposed to enjoy this song. Like, like the truth is the truth. And so, you know, truth hurts, <laughs> whatever. Um, so then there was Travante. So Billy had many suitors and Travante was a tough one. He's a cutie pie, I will say. Um, you want to punch him in the face and hate him. But then he also slowly starts to like eat away at your heart a little bit. Um, and so you're torn on how you should feel about him. Um, ugh, it, I don't know. I think she felt the same way though. So we meet him because he sets her the fuck up. 
he is like an, an informant and drops the dime and sets her up for the government to come in and catch her with drugs. So that's why you want to punch him in his face. He acts like he was just a genuine fan of her and kind of was smitten with her a little bit. But then he realizes how fucked up this is. And then you start to be like, okay, well, he's learned the era of his ways. <laughs> and he's so endearing and nice and so loving and gentle with her. Like he's a different kind of man than all of the other men she dealt with. She dealt with a very, very abusive men, men who also suffered from addiction, men who just wanted to use her up. And this guy, although he set her up initially, was the exact opposite. It was like she didn't know how to have this kind of like a healthy love, someone who, you know, like loved and respected her because she had always used to like full, they were full on fighting. Her and these other men were fucking each other up like like street fighting. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, so the movie was deep. It shares a lot of nuances about her life. Like I said, the acting is incredible. Um, and then so the conversation with Lee Daniel and the cast. Um, <laughs> one of the funny parts was Oprah flat out asked Andrew, was she on heroin? And that shit tickled my spirit. She, in fact, was not. But I understand why she asked. Like I said, she was so convincing that if if she had just been like, yeah, I did. You'd be like, oh, OK, no wonder you were so good at this. <laughs> but she was like, no, no, I wasn't. And um, Billy was a chain smoker of cigarettes. And Andrea had never smoked in her life. Every time you see Billy, she is smoking. Like back in the day, obviously, um, smoking was less taboo everybody was doing it but even on her deathbed she was smoking in a hospital y'all puffing regularly talking shit the whole entire time she had a lot of spice to her and I, I love that a lot I like spicy ass women I do the older the better um but she would talk crazy to you <laughs> reckless to you um whenever she wanted whenever she wanted like she was also very um her her sister tried to be very protective of her, but she was she was stubborn. And um that makes for a good dynamic though. Like in the movie, you get to see um her sister's perspective and then um her. Like she died at such a young age. Again, so so much like Biggie, you know, who I was just talking about, it's like, damn, um, what could have been like you still had so much life um ahead of you and now you know we never knew kind of thing like she never had any children or anything um she did have god kids um she had a couple of husbands and stuff but yeah it was very well done um I can't wait to see what other accolades that may come from it for her. Um, she is deserving of them all. So if you have not watched, do check it out. I think you would uh, really enjoy it. Whether you're a fan of Billy per se or not, that doesn't matter. The story is so incredible. I think you'd be sucked in just based on that. So Andrew Day went from having one song, I Rise Up, which drives my husband insane that she has sustained a career for years off that one song so now she got something new to add to her resume um I believe she's working on an album as well 
And I am for certain that there will be more acting in her future. So check out United ugh, check out United States versus Billy Holiday on Hulu. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What. Thank you for your reviews, your ratings, your subscriptions, and for sharing Mimi Said What. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I can never have enough ratings and reviews. And thanks for having a good time with me. You can follow me at Mimi Cute Lips everywhere on social. As you continue the conversation, don't forget to use hashtag Mimi Said What. Until next time, cuties. <laughs>